then I think that was probably the trigger point for me when she had lost commitment. All of a sudden, everything that I didn't even know I was holding inside of me just because I was in the zone, just dealing with the chaos. All of a sudden, I had clarity on myself. And I, and I was like, oh, crap, I I've isolated myself over these last few months. You're listening to Inside the Den, a podcast about connection and the human behind the community in the world of Web3 with your hosts, Jake and Dwayne. Hey, welcome everybody back to another episode here on Inside the Den. This is going to be an amazing conversation. Uh, I will be running it solo. My co-host Dwayne is not going to be with us today. Uh, we do have a special interview with Jason Ansley, who is a Wolfpack leader of the Guardian Academy. He's actually been in the in this whole community now for quite a while. I would, I would put him in the category of being an OG, getting, getting in last September of 2021. So he's been with us for over a year now and has uh, been an active contributor, somebody who uh, really shows up, brings a lot of value, a lot of perspective. And today we're really going to be talking about some, um, con- you know, some things around defeating isolation and leadership. This is something that really spoke to me personally. Uh, I've, I've dealt with a, a lot of isolation, especially when getting into entrepreneurship, you kind of, it's a lonely, sp- it's a lonely space to be, uh, when you're building a business, especially when you're thinking about the type of people you want to surround yourself with. And Jason brings a lot of, um, interesting, um, concepts and perspective to this whole conversation. And I think you're going to find a lot of value, especially if you're somebody who's dealing with, um, you know, isolation in, in your life in some way, shape or form. So I invite you to this episode. This is a good one. Definitely pull up a seat, get comfortable and let's get started. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Den. And today I have the pleasure of speaking, having a conversation with Jason Ansley. Jason, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, Jake. Thanks so much for having me on here. Um, everyone always introduces their podcast like, I'm so excited to have so-and-so on today. So I'm glad that you didn't do that because <laughs> we no. don't want to set the expectations too high here, you know? So. Well, you know, that's a really good point and something that, you know, we can even like expand on that a little bit is uh, when it comes to podcasting and, and this is technically my fourth podcast that I've, I've been involved in. And, you know, when you first get started, you have this tendency to kind of like go into what in your brain says, this is how it's supposed to go. I've got to have all this energy and I've got to bring this thing to the table. And, and um, you know, I still have a little bit of that tendency, but it there's just, just being yourself and just showing up. And and having good quality connection and conversation, I've recently replaced like having podcast interviews, which has having co- podcast conversations, because I don't want it to feel like this is not an interrogation. This is not a, you know, we're not on the Oprah Winfrey show here. We're just having a conversation with each other. It's just people who connect, share some values and and talking about, you know, things that can be of value to other people through the messages. Yeah. I love that you said to use another uh, colloquy or cliche that's often used in podcasts. I love that you said, uh, you know, um, that connection part and that conversation part. Uh, transparently, I'm I'm a recovering introvert. Um, I, I as of like a couple of weeks ago, I would have said I'm still full on introvert, but I'm committed now to being a recovering introvert, uh, just because 
my natural tendency is to go read a book or watch Netflix or or whatever the case may be, right? Um, in and even on that end, you have this. Uh, you're familiar, like with, within the den and the Guardian Academy, the barbell concept, mm-hmm. you know. And so you have these extremes on either side, and then you have this area in the middle. And the way that that's typically presented is you want to stay out of the middle. Um, so I'm not correlating this precisely to how they present it. But if you think about that, there, there's a spectrum. And, you know, yeah. so there's more healthy things I can do in my introvertedness and my solidarity. Uh, and then there's other uh, unhealthy things, you know, everything from on the good side, I might be, you know, sitting out in my backyard, reading a book or watching the birds or listening to a podcast or something of that nature. Uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, maybe I'm at the strip club and I should be at home with my wife and my kid, you know? So like, yeah. not that I'm at the strip club in case my wife is listening to this, but <laughs> she doesn't let me out of the house that often anyway. So, <laughs> so full disclosure. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure, you know? So I, I lived and worked in Vegas for eight years that I'm done. So yeah. Um, But yeah, the conversation like that is uh, to bring in another C word, the connectedness. And I think that humans, especially when like when there's a confidence issue or we're so much into it, we have to systematize everything that we don't allow for that natural organic thing to happen. And like for me, it's a little difficult because I have to be intentional about scheduling connection time and I have to make like I, I like to eat and I like to eat barbecue. So it's not uncommon for me to text a buddy and say, hey, you want to go to barbecue today or whatever. But like I have to be really intentional about that. And um, there's a, a Bible study that I'm a part of. And I, I half jokingly, but in all seriousness, told them the other day, I said, every single one of you are in my CRM. Because if I don't have reminders to reach out to you, if I don't set myself up for success, if I don't lead myself in this area that I know I'm weak, I'm going to fall behind or fall apart in this area. And that's going to negatively impact another area of my life. And so this thing of connection and especially like not to ramble on, but especially coming out of this pandemic where there is around the world, people still pretty much in enforced isolation in certain areas of the world. Like I think more so than any virus that existed, there is an, a pandemic of isolation yeah. that has been created. Um, and it, it existed before. Um, but I think it, it brought to was brought to light, especially when families all of a sudden were thrown together for hours on end instead of mom and or dad going to work for eight, 10 hours and, you know, the kid going off to public school and, and not having that connection that is vital. So, and that comes back to the conversation. That's where I'm getting to with this is interview questions are good. Having some sort of sequence and cadence to guide, you know, just like an airplane, they're not going to hopefully land without the tree and with, you know, the, the light tree and without the runway lines. Um, they could if they needed to, but they still have those guideposts there. And that's what I think it's beneficial to have those guideposts, but too often we depend upon those and actually just don't ever actually connect on a human deep level. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. The way you you put it all together. Um, The isolation piece, especially I I really want to transition into that because that's something that you're right. The pandemic certainly put people in this position where um, there's the kind of a bit of that force isolation and and something that a lot of people aren't really used to. And then you also take people who 
are in um, who are entrepreneurial people who are yeah. business owners. A lot of people in, in, in the entrepreneurship space will raise their hand and say, "Yeah, it's a it's a lonely place to be sometimes." Yeah. And, and, uh, and I want to ask you about that because that's something that you really, you know, when I'm looking, when I'm researching what you're into, um, you know, looking at my notes here, uh, I have down that, um, defeating isolation and leadership is, is a big focus for you. So I'd love for you to expand on that a, a bit more in that context. Sure. sure. So in full transparency, I'm in the midst of developing this IP uh, and so it's not 100% fleshed out. It will be in a visual model. I already know the visual model format that it's going to be in. And I know some people may be listening to this as opposed to watching it. And so I'll do my best to explain what my hands are doing as opposed to sharing a screen or whatever. But uh, there's a, a certain type of model called a, a futures model. And you see it often in the investing space uh, because it, it basically tries to communicate what is the future value of X or, or Y or ABC over a given time period. And so usually you'll have this horizontal line that kind of represents time uh, moving forward. And that's, you know, on the X axis, if I'm getting that correct uh, yeah. from my math days, and then you have the vertical Y axis. Um, and so at that point of where they intersect is point zero. And so usually you will have a line that kind of goes down in an arc, almost like a half of a bell curve. And then you'll have a line kind of going up. And the the discussion that usually happens around that design is, you know, would you rather be above the line, so to speak, or below the line uh, when it comes to whatever's being discussed, right? It could be the value of an asset. It could be... Uh, a, a relationship, it could be somebody's weight loss, whatever the case may be, it's this futures model. And so what, so that's the visual, that's the design. The discussion yeah. piece is really all the the words and, and the points that go along along uh, the arc or where whatever you have on whatever visual model design, right? If it was a triangle, like we're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's a triangle yeah. and you've got words on there, okay? And there's discussion that happens around those words. And then you have the direction. And so the direction is the movement within those. So on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you start at the bottom and you ascend upwards. You could flip it and, you know, ascend downwards or still ascend upwards, right? It's There's some sort of movement that is happening within a visual model. And so to your, your question about this idea of isolation and defeating it, and so Really what I, I'm in the process of solidifying what I've identified here is there's usually a trigger, an inflection point of when isolation begins and it would not be recognized as isolation. And that's one of the problems, you know, similar to like a heart attack, right? Somebody or a stroke, somebody has a heart attack or a stroke and they're like, I had no idea, you know, they're out there running you know, 10 miles a day, you know, doctors that are healthy, you know, keeling over dead even before COVID and all that stuff. Um, because there was something underneath, something hidden, and it's hard to categorize that and identify it, uh, especially because it's not like we can take a scan of our emotional state, per se, uh, you know, with an MRI machine or whatever. And for any actual physicians listening to this, you'll have to forgive my <laughs> my ignorance of medical terminology. Uh, but uh, so what, you know, the CAT scans and the x-rays and all those other imagings that can be done it's really hard to do that. And so there's usually some sort of trigger that initiates this path towards isolation. And therefore that means that there's a trigger 
or a choice that we have when we can identify that trigger as to what's going to, are we going to go below the line on the downward cycle towards uh, isolation? Or are we going to go on the upward above the line on the, on a trend towards something else, something healthier than isolation? And, and also what I'm discovering, and this is where a, a lot of my research right now is, is trying to um, clarify for lack of a better word is that like there is full on clinical depression and there are, you know, suicides and, and stuff like that. There is actual mental health disorders. And, and I want to be very clear that while isolation can oftentimes be um, seen in mental, actual health, mental disorders, um, that what I'm speaking to, especially within leaders is not medically related. If that, if that makes sense. And so, mm -hmm. Typically, then you have the, the the trigger and then you have a tipping point. And that's what really I'm trying to get to the heart to of like, how do we make sure that we don't get to that tipping point uh, in these various steps or stages of decline, so to speak? And so yeah. what's interesting is there's a lot of crossover uh, in within mental health as and mental wellness. I'll just say more general mental wellness as opposed to the medical uh, mental health aspect. Uh, into addictions, um, grieving. Uh, there's uh, there's just lots of crossover in there, yeah. and so sometimes the way that we cope uh, with isolation is masked. Or again, like I talked about a spectrum earlier, there's varying degrees on more towards the hey, this is healthy or at least less deadly versus hey, you know, I'm out there shooting up heroin every day. I, I, you know, there's a pretty good probability you're going to die right. uh, but that all falls under this isolation aspect and so what happens with leaders is that we are often especially if we are not a solopreneur not a small business not running a virtual team you know like and also at the same time I want to be clear that oops uh, sorry <laughs> I went to put my foot up on my rest and body, <laughs> body went over so you'll edit that out if you want or yeah. keep it in for a laugh but anyways um, you know while yes, the CEOs of Walmart and these and Apple and all these big, uh, you know, um, enterprise level businesses are also subject to this, and it's actually really, really easy to spot in most of them, uh, because it starts with kind of their family declining, and so mm -hmm. the number of people in high level leadership uh, that are getting divorces uh, is asymmetrical to. Um, the, the national average of, you know, whatever, 54% or whatever it is here in America. And so you, that's what I want to uh, like kind of hone in on is that it's across the board in leadership, but where it's mostly hidden is in that, that smaller team leadership and even leadership within one of these larger companies, right? Like, let's say I was working for Apple and whatever, I was on the product development team. And maybe I'm just over one, I'm over the new design of a button or whatever project, you know, yeah. like even somebody at that level of leadership um, can be subject to this and, and, and have an issue with this. And so it, kind of the first stage, and I'm, I've taken a lot of time to set this up, but I'm trying to really give the context is that yeah. first stage is it tends to be with a loss of commitment. And it's not a loss of commitment at, at work because they're surrounded with people every day. So they don't feel isolated. But then when they get home, 
there's usually some degree of loss of commitment once they leave the office door. It could be a loss of a commitment to their own personal health. Like maybe they are used to going to the gym first thing in the morning or used to going to the gym in the afternoon, or maybe, uh, I don't know, they're used to going to church on the weekend or a Bible study during the week or whatever the case may be. There's something, a trigger that can be identified uh, that usually is a loss of commitment to something. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I I definitely want to allow you the opportunity to ask questions, oh, but I, yeah. I want to lead into the story if I could real quick. Yeah, go for it. Um, I got some thoughts around this too, by the way. Some oh, totally. my, my own personal story to share. This, this is, is not great. the Jason show for anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're good. No, continue <laughs> on. Continue. Uh, I, I Transparently, I lost commitment over this last year. Um, my uh, About 15 months ago, my wife endured a surgical accident that... Um, has left her mostly wheelchair bound, especially over long distances. And I'm, I've been in leadership for several decades. And so I have a, a fair amount of experience in emergent situations. Um, and so I had no doubt, no confidence issues. Uh, I know I knew exactly who I needed to be talking to. God brought those people to me that I didn't know I needed to be talking to in the emergent situation to essentially save my wife's life. And and then you have the people, you know, her parents and my parents and, and my son and all these other um, casualties. Um, I don't remember in a war what they call it, but just the, the non-direct casualties, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, these indirect casualties maybe uh, that are occurring. And so I, 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 was, I was just like in the flow, in the zone, so to speak, just dealing with that for several months. And then um, it came down to like the end of... January of this of this year that we're in and my uh, things were not good I, I don't want to go into too many details for different reasons but uh things were not good with my wife and uh then th I think that was probably the trigger point for me when she had lost commitment all of a sudden everything that I didn't even know I was holding inside of me just because I was in the zone just dealing with the chaos all of a sudden I had clarity on myself and I, and I was like, oh, crap, I, I've isolated myself over these last few months. I've done that physically, but I've done so like my physical health, uh, not only just being removed from people because I had to be present to help my wife, et cetera, physically, but I, I did it with not caring about the food I was putting in my body. You know, um, the mental things that I was putting in my body was just more vegetative Netflix bin watching instead of... Um, you know, anything of a better quality. Um, mm -hmm. So my, my, my physical, my mental, and then really my spiritual aspect, um, because we couldn't physically go to church and the, the meal train had died off, you know, people bringing us meals and um, I wasn't intentional about reaching out. I don't know why I just, just, I guess, I don't know what defaulted to caveman state or something, but like I, I all of a sudden recognized that I was in this, this place of isolation. And so um, I'll pause the story there. Um, there's more to it, but I, I want to give you some opportunity because I know you said you had some thoughts and questions in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you sharing and, and being, you know, forthcoming about your things happening in your personal life. I think the triggering piece really spoke to me about as far as the, the loss of commitment that you spoke to. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I'll share just a little story about myself that that's yeah. related to this, because I think stories 
provides good context to kind of pull yeah. to, pull together the dots. Um, I remember like when I first got into entrepreneurship, it was uh, 2000, 2008, 2009. So I was like early, early 20s, early mid 20s around that time. I'm 38 now. I'll share my age. I'm not ashamed. But uh, but it was around that time when I when I took the step and I was living, you know, I was rooming with uh, a good friend of mine from from college and and, uh, you know, Randy Massigal talks about the two tyrants of leadership, scrutiny and expectation. So mm-hmm. I was really getting the heavy scrutiny from just all of my surroundings. And I, I had spent, you know, all the way, you know, my high school years and college years. And and I had all these friendships. And and then I'm talking about wanting to pursue something that's that's considered to be weird to the you know to the general public or yeah. societal society believes like oh we you mean you're going to start a business and it was weird to a lot of these people and i and at the time like i moved to um i moved to richmond I'm, i live in virginia so i actually moved about three mm-hmm. hours away to richmond and that's when i got really serious about my business but i disconnected and i truly went to isolation because i didn't want to be around the scrutiny i didn't want to like I wanted to feel like I could talk about the, my passions and things I wanted to pursue without having somebody roll their eyes at me or having yeah. somebody kind of make like a, a a sarcastic comment or, you know, all those little nuances to the, to that type of dialogue that can really just hinder your, your desire to want to move forward. So I removed myself from it, but what also I removed was I had the loss of commitment. I had a lot of friendships that, and, and other friends, I, I built this wall up. I didn't want to be around people because I was so protective of my state of pursuit for whatever, yeah. you know, for this desire. And, and, and honestly, Jason, it's kind of, it's it's I feel like I've been like it's really hard for me to to get close with people on just a friendship level ever since yeah. then. And that's yeah. that was we're talking again 2008. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I just wanted to bring that up because I felt well, like really aligned with that based on that experience. I, I appreciate you sharing that because that really confirms the second stage, so to speak, which is really one of lost identity. And so like when we get scrutinized, especially when we're working for other people um, or I mean, it can happen to the same degree, even when we are the leader, like the business owner, we're being scrutinized by people that are beneath us from a hierarchical standpoint. I don't mean that from a human standpoint, like I believe pretty much everybody is equal on the human, uh, you know, standpoint. So I'm just talking from an organizational standpoint, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Uh, my in-laws still to this day, I, uh, let me take that back. My in-laws for the longest time, probably a little bit to this day, you know, are like, how do you make money using a computer? Like, I don't, I don't understand, you know, um, like that was a conversation, which the crazy thing was my father-in-law uh, was an executive uh, in Brinks. Uh, he actually uh, was in charge of uh, Brinks International when they launched overseas. And so, and then he owned his own businesses, but you know, he had a secretary that either took handwritten notes in those days or typed on a typewriter or, or whatever. And so uh, there, there's just this disconnection. Um, there's this loss of identity. And, and the reality is, I think it's less of an of you losing your identity or someone in leadership losing their identity as much as the people that you are currently surrounded with can no longer identify with you. Yes. And so it's it's an indirect. And so that's why I said at the very beginning, it's there's not like an imaging machine that we can go, oh, 
Jake is at X stage or Jason is at X stage. Like sometimes those stages can take years. Time is really, really expanded. And sometimes they're more parabolic. They're, they're really, they happen succinctly. Like with me, they -hmm. happen so rapidly. I didn't identify it until I was at a later stage. And that's where I had to really take more aggressive action, so to speak. And um, I have a video, I launching a YouTube show and I have a video series coming out on uh, kind of sharing my story in a little more detail and some of the visual models that I use to process all that. And, but the simply is that like, I recognize there was an issue in my quote unquote health. And I define health as a combination of my physical health, my uh, spiritual uh, wellness and my, my mental wellness. Again, not talking about the medical mental health per se. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know, I, I was born and raised a Christian, was have been in the church my whole life. Surely it's not my spiritual health that's an issue. And so I, you know, and obviously I'm overweight. So I'm going to, I'm just going to focus on my, my nutrition and focus on, I'm going to try to get on the rower. I'm going to go for walks, ride the bike. You know, I'm going to take care of my physical health. Well, talking about triangles again, right? Like I had an upside down, I can't do it here with my hands, but yeah. I had an upside down <laughs> triangle. Yeah, there we go. Like this, something <laughs> like that. Uh, I had an upside down triangle where I was just focused on physical health. And and so I did that for a time and things were still not progressing in the right direction. I'm like, okay, well, again, surely it's not a spiritual issue. I need to focus on my mental. Uh, so, you know, I reviewed all my mental stuff, toolkit and everything and, and just dedicated, like almost tripled down on the amount of time I was spending on my mental wellness and Still not, I mean, slight improvement, but nothing to where I go, oh, okay, I'm I'm better now. No, it was like, right. no, there's still a serious problem going on. So I'm a smart cookie and I go, okay, well, I, it's not just one thing, it's two things. So let's take the triangle and instead of having the point facing down, let's put the base, you know, to where I'm working on two things at once, because surely I can do that. And I know that's the problem. Well, it, it wasn't still because... Our physical, spiritual, and mental health slash wellness is a circle. It's not, it's, they're not corners on a triangle. They're points of intersection on a circle and there's synergy that has to happen um, that in order, or I should say there is synergy that happens when you're able to really work on those three simultaneously. Right. Um, and so that was a big aha and like the, the series that's coming out is the, my biggest leadership lesson learned. I don't know if I'm going to put the year on it or whatever, not, but like, um, and, and I also said out of a forced one year sabbatical, because I, it really, our business, um, we, we had a sales team, like we, we had a, a, a very thriving, healthy business. And then life comes and hits you upside the head. Your wife almost dies. You're now you're wheelchair bound. And like, you're dealing with a kid that doesn't know how to process anything uh, of this nature. I mean, yeah. If, if, yeah. And so we really, for all intents and purposes, shut down our business without legally shutting it down. I mean, we put the hard pause on it. And just now, really 15 months later, our, everyone is in a place where we can finally feel like we can begin to dedicate some serious energy to rebuilding. And uh, But that's included a restructure. Like we didn't go out and just hire a sales team right away, you know, um, we're, I don't know that we'll ever have a quote unquote sales team. Like we've really re-envisioned uh, what our business will look like. And I guess that's the hindsight of everything, right? Like, you know, yeah. the den talks a lot about um, 
hindsight being 2020. And one of the things I remember Nick saying a long time ago was that, you know, when Bitcoin was at a dollar and people bought it at 10 cents or whatever, um, they say, oh, you know, if I would have held it now, another five years later, I'd be whatever, a billionaire right. or a multi, multi-millionaire. And yeah. was, no, you wouldn't have because <laughs> you sold it. You know, you would, you would not have known with that information you had, you would not have made a different decision. Um, mm. And it's kind of funny because like we saw that with one of the tokens in the, in the guardian uh, ecosystem uh, is that, you know, it went up pretty rapidly. Well, so in my head, I'm all like, Hey, well, you know, I'm not selling that a, cause it's part of my macro belief. And like, you know, I, my, the timeline is not where it needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, but in hindsight now, I probably should have because yeah, I, I thought I was acting like an adult, you know, the, the decide to act like an adult dollar or dollar, however you want to say it. Um, and, but the reality was given some other context outside of this solvable problem, I'm using some common language. So if people aren't familiar with that here. Um, look it up, reach out to Jake, reach out to me and we'll explain the solvable problem and some of these other terms to you. But um you know, I, I thought I was doing the right thing, but in hindsight, had I sold at least some of it, I, I would not have sold my whole position uh, in that particular token. But if I had sold some of it, um, I'd be in a different place financially now than I yeah. am. Yeah. Um, I would have had a little more runway uh, than what we had. And so, um, yeah, so in this whole life event, you know, um, there, there's there's that loss of commitment. Um and even sometimes it's a shifting of a commitment, right? Like if you yeah. have a life event that revel radical, or, you know, radically changes your life, like a health issue, you may not intentionally choose to, you know, be less committed, but certainly your commitments have had to reprioritize. And so mm. uh, there's that loss identity that we, that we touched upon. And then, um, something that kind of flows with that is that detachment. And that's really kind of the third stage is yeah. that people be leaders begin to become detached. And uh -huh. that's what I said earlier. That is most often when it, other people start to recognize it. And it almost always is in the home yeah. um, that now I'm spending more time at the office. Um, you know, I'm on my cell phone for a business call while my son's playing basketball. I'm, you know, there are these small, seemingly small things, but mm -hmm. when we add them up, when we compound them, they create a problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So those are kind of like the first three stages, the, the loss of commitment, the loss of identity. And then when we actually start to see it manifest is, is in that detachment stage. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would resonate with this because it's it's uh, especially being <clears throat> that the digital world is so such a big part of our lives. Yeah, um, it's easy to detach to the digital world if if you're feeling you know if you're in isolation. It's just, it's easy to just be like you know what I can just pull up my phone right now and fill that void with whatever is there for me at that moment in time. I, I get don't the dopamine, want to be attached. Right? I get my dopamine. I don't yeah. need to be attached to this right now. Um, I want to ask you, uh, there's, you, you went through this 15 months, right? Where it yeah. was, you know, isolation and, and now you're kind of, you're moving back. I would assume that this is kind of you going back above the line from. Yeah. From, yeah. From, like in fact, one of the, the first statements in the video was, yeah. well, I, I'm back. Like, and then yeah. that begs the question, obviously back from what, and I share a little bit of the story that I just shared now, but, uh, 
Yeah. So go ahead with your question. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm curious about is you, you know, sometimes when we have like a period of time where we create space mm-hmm. within, you know, our lives, like you kind of, you, you, you step away from something, like you said, like with your business, you didn't legally shut it down, but you did a hard stop. Yeah. So, so now there's energy not put there. It's creating space and you're spending more time, you know, focusing on, on, on your wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, you hit this point where you go, okay, time to get back on the horse, time to get back out there, time to recommit. And then you've mentioned that there's some re-envisioning into how you look at your business. How, how is that different now for you? How do you look at life now? That you've had that period of time of, of of 15 months how is it different today versus 15 months ago sure the simplest thing um and i'm grateful for for nick really kind of teaching this and dan talks about it a little bit uh for those that don't know nick is one of the leaders and founders of the guardian academy and then dan nicholson is his business partner and dan also wrote a book called rigging the game if i'm not mistaken yeah uh they talk about the concept of closer versus more and uh at the mm. very beginning i said like i'm a couple of weeks into being a recovering introvert mm-hmm. uh you know uh, but i was a recovering button pusher uh for when i came into the den i uh but part of the re- how I got into the den financially was I sold some of my assets in the options uh, equities market. Uh, I was an active daily option trader doing zero day to expiration. I my chart was on the one in five minutes, sometimes a three minute, um, you know, and had great days and had not so great days. Um, but like you're you're glued to that screen. I'm literally driving down the road and I got a chart up. I, you know, supposedly my GPS is on, you know, the dash, but no, it's the chart. And I'm going, okay, I got, you know, another, okay, I hope this red light stays red another 30 seconds because I think something's going to happen according to what I'm seeing. You know, like I was driving down the road making poor, stupid decisions. Dude, listen, <laughs> I, I did prop trading for like three months and it was the same thing. It was like zero day. Oh, I, I'm with you. I don't ever want to go back to that, but anyway, continue on. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but in that, I, I did have a lot of structure. In fact, I, I led a signals group for a very short period of time. Um, yeah. I had a lot of structure to make sure that I wasn't chasing more, but the reality is I was chasing more because I had not hit my financial goals that I was really looking to hit. And in that sense, it was a hundred percent all about getting to that money to the point where I was putting myself and whatever passengers were in the car at danger. Cause I'm focused on trading, not on driving, you know? So mm-hmm. thankfully no accidents or anything like that. We don't need to report to my insurance company and have my rates go up, but yeah. uh, you know um, so yeah, it was that closer versus more uh, aspect of, and so I had to get really clear. I, I mentioned earlier chaos Um of the emergent moment. And that is a lot of times what leaders find themselves in, or it's a little more uh, natural, so to speak, of like what your scenario was. Um, and so one of the models that we have in our, our business coaching business of build change impact is called the six C's of success. And so um, what we try to do is we really try to take a lot of the complex and simplify them down to first principle basis. And so like, that's me mm-hmm. with leadership, like people, uh, no dig on John Maxwell. If you're a John Maxwell fan, I, I'm reading one of his books right now. So like I, most people in leadership have written, uh, read John Maxwell. They're familiar with Simon Sinek and a bunch of other uh, pr- you know, prominent authors in that. Um, but they want to complicate this thing. And when push comes to shove, leadership comes down to relationship. Uh-huh. And, um, and 
So in this 15 months, some of the relationships shift that I had to make, uh, the the closer, you know, the, the closer aspect that I had to address in my life was where I'm at, where am I at with God? Mm-hmm. Where secondly, where am I at with myself? Because I believe that you cannot optimally lead others and you cannot optimally give to others um your energy, your time, your resources without first giving from a full and ideally overflowing cup. If I'm at half and my son requires a quarter of my energy, uh, you know, speaking in an analog, analogically, whatever the word is, analogy, yeah. um, you know, all of a sudden I'm I'm at one quarter. And like, if we just think about sleep, um, I track my sleep. Um, um, I know that if I get, and I have a, a tool, I, um, I think it's called sleep tracker, probably pretty, you know, complicated name, but anyways, it, it connects to my iPhone watch, all that stuff, Apple watch. And um, I know that if I get to about an eight to 10% sleep debt, where yeah. I'm not meeting my deep sleep and my just time in bed, you know, uh, even in a light sleep. I notice changes in my behavior and my physical self. Um, And when I'm operating at a five to 10% um, above it, I notice that I'm a complete, like almost night and day, completely different person. And so if we, if we take that idea that we have this baseline of zero Mm -hmm. and if, if my body's a cup or, or whatever, it's a sleep. If we use that analogy, uh, the reality is, is that if I'm at a negative you know, 20, I'm at 25, I'm pretty stinking close to zero. It's not going to take too much to swing me to the other side. Um, And so that's what um, some of the shift that I had to make was first, I had to, you know, make sure that I was right with God, so to speak, that I was, I was growing closer to God. Um, I was filling myself up. So that again, brings in the spiritual, the physical, and the mental that I talked about earlier, that circle synergy aspect Then my responsibility, the relationship that's most important to me is to my family. Am I being there for my son? And, you know, right now about 8 a.m. every morning, my son and I go out and uh, do basketball training for about an hour. Uh, I dropped him off at uh, basketball camp here uh, this morning and will be leaving in a little while to go go pick him up. You know, basketball is a big part of our life. Um, He just wants me to watch him. Uh, He wants me to watch him play NBA 2K. So I have to be intentional about inserting myself into his world. And then when he asked me to be a part of his world, I better say yes, 80 plus percent of the time, because he's almost 11. You know, there's a book, 18 summers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, thankfully we homeschool um, through, a, through a virtual school. So we're not the sole teachers. He has instructors in that, but yep. um, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of time that he's going to be wanting me. Um, and so I want to make sure that when he's 25, when he's 35, 55, uh, if I'm still alive at that point, that I'm one of the first people he comes to and he wants me a part of his life. Um, because there are so many, there are so many fathers that are isolated, right? They, they have either intentionally isolated themselves or some circumstances have created isolation. And then, you know, we can, this whole leadership thing about relationships, like it is so simple in my mind, uh, because, you can directly correlate that and attach it to almost every social societal problem that we have, uh, especially in America. And so if we just begin to think about leadership as uh, relationships and that it first starts with the self of, you know, making sure I'm right with God. 
uh, and getting close to him on a daily basis. I'm right with myself. I'm right with my family. Then that's when I'm the team member on the Apple company, you know, in charge of that project. That project is that button that I'm making or whatever. Uh, then those people get my time and my energy. I would argue before that, though, there's other people like my neighbor across the street that I need to be taking, making sure that they're OK. You know, like, yeah. so anyways, not to beat the horse dead anymore, but leadership is relationships. And Absolutely. that I believe that our self like I say it starts with self-leadership and I, and I'm in, I still subscribe to that and believe that, but I also want to make sure that I'm putting God in there and God is first. Like that's, again, sometimes we can, um, you know, do whatever in the morning. Like the first thing somebody does is they get up and they go to the gym. Okay, cool. Well, what are you listening to while you're at the gym? You know, are you listening mm -hmm. to gangster rap? Are you listening to a podcast on investing? Like, like why not take some of that time? because you're breathing, like you woke up this morning breathing, like make sure that God's a priority uh, in your life and that you're growing closer to him. So yeah, I don't know that I directly answered your question, uh, but that was that closer yeah. versus more uh, yeah. and really in those four areas, the God, self, family, and then others. Yeah, I love that. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. And that was the perfect answer. Um, well, we're hit, we're at the end of the the, the recording and I, I want to give you the opportunity this first off this has been great i really appreciate the conversation um sharing some of these frameworks have have have, have personally helped me you know i'm i'm kind of a you know when i when i look at things especially when somebody puts out something that's profound like what you mentioned earlier about starting with god and serving others and i remember seeing there was a video one time in my church and then and it was like a, a skit and the guy said before i can get right here i first yeah. got to get right here yeah, right. the horizontal versus yeah. the vertical. The right? Horizontal. Yeah. Before we can get right horizontal, we got to first get, and that's you know the relationship yeah. with God. So I firmly in the line with what you're saying there. Um, but I want to, I want anybody out there who is interested in connecting with you, potentially working with you and in, yeah. in, in this realm of leadership, I'd love for you to share like what's the best way for people to get connected and and what's next for Jason. Yeah, absolutely. So um the best way to get in contact with me is twofold. One on Twitter, I'm at real R E A L Jason mm -hmm. Ansley, R E A L J A S O N A N S L E Y. So at real Jason Ansley, not the fake Jason that's out there, not him. I'm the real yeah. one. Uh, so <laughs> we'll make sure to link. The, we'll re, we'll link the real one up in the show notes. I promise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Probably just Jason Ansley was taken at some point, and so yeah. I just I just did the real. But anyways, yeah. uh, and then the website that I'm uh, launching right now, the program that I'm launching is AboveTheLineLeader.com. So again, AboveTheLineLeader.com. That'll have the link to my Twitter and my YouTube show that I'm putting up there. Um, and yeah, I mean. Again, the, the whole conversation thing is important. And if we, if I kind of round out what, if there was one thing I wanted to say is that like part of the solution of what I'm bringing, like there's this problem, obviously, right? Of isolation. I, I've, everybody I've talked to about this has either directly identified with it themselves or know someone that's dealing with it. There are books written on it indirectly. Um, and then even the other day, I was on a call with a friend and he's like, man, this business leader I was just talking to, he said, I started to recognize I'm isolating myself. I'm like, it, it is prevalent. It is everywhere. And so I, I'm, I'm on this mission, so to speak, to defeat isolation. And that comes with being able to kind of do this imaging, this scan, mm -hmm. so to speak, of some, giving somebody a tool. Uh, yeah. Okay, there's this problem of isolation within leadership. 
within leaders. Uh, here's a tool to help you identify where you're at. And then now we need to get down to the actual fixing of the problem. And so yeah. part of what I'm launching, I'm affectionately calling it the anti-isolation league. Um, I, I do want to have some web three stuff in it in the coming months. Uh, but that's not on the front. That's not the one thing that needs to go right today, so to speak. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm launching that uh, coinciding with my show. Uh, and so what what we see out there right now in the models of how to deal with this is we see a lot of one to one, especially in the mid, like psychiatrists and psychologists and all that kind of stuff. And again, medically probably mixed up the two. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of one to one stuff. And then you see these massive group uh, scenarios or larger group. Right. And and I'll just pick on the den. Right. Like the den for the longest time was this larger group of a thousand ish people, you know, 500,000, uh -huh. however many people were in there. And um, and then you had these couple tiers that you could go into. But even with those, those tiers, there was a large number of people. And anytime yeah. you get there's actually been research done on this. Anytime you get above about 10 people in a group, those people that are in particular struggling the most and secondly, are quiet by nature, stop uh, a showing up. And if they do show up, they stop participating at the degree that they need to in order mm. to get better, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so I've got this. Um, what I'm trying to do is really kind of bridge the gap. And you're starting to see that now with the den where they're bringing in this council idea where there, mm -hmm. there are these smaller groups, but still within those, you have 25, 30 plus people within these councils to some degree. And so I, I will have the larger community group, but what I'm really focusing on with the anti-isolation league is the uh, small group like that six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people where uh, we are, meeting weekly we have hot seats to deal with the issues that are going on in their leadership and in their life right then and there um and yeah i'll have some curriculum and i'll be building out my visual models and that to help be some tools but it's really about like what is going on right now in your life meeting you where you're at helping you to succeed uh and in turn you're helping me to succeed like it's it's a yeah. real band of brothers on that micro scale um, and then if somebody wanted to work one-to-one -one with me, you know, obviously we could do that, but, um, I, I won't ever work with anyone ever again, one-to-one, -one, unless they are also in this micro group environment, because yeah. I know, I know the benefit of that having, that's part of what helped pull me out of the isolation that I was in was plugging into two to three micro environments where it was six, seven, eight guys. Yeah. Um, and we were dealing with the dirty junk that needed to be dealt with. Mm. Awesome. So, that's great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I appreciate the the smaller group, especially as a, somebody that's a little bit more of an introvert. I don't like to be on a huge stage. I, I guess why I like podcasting yeah. so much. Cause it's like, you know what? It's just one-on-one -on -one or maybe three people at the most that are or four people yeah. that are just having good conversation. And, and uh, I feel like you get a lot out of it. So yeah, we get to have that conversation yeah. and that connectedness as opposed to following the timeline of you know exactly. that we that we started the show out with so right i love yeah. how it's come full circle full circle <laughs> it did it did absolutely cool. well jason uh thank you so much for being on the show i i really yeah, appreciate you and um and again anybody that wants to connect with jason i'll make sure to get everything linked up in the show notes so perfect. uh it's just perfect easy access for you and follow jason on twitter man he's he's got a lot of good stuff to to share and and great value. So uh, thank you, Jason, for being here. And we'll wrap up. Absolutely. On that thank you. And if nothing else, you will be excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and always remember more excitement in your life. Follow me. There you go. And also <laughs> always remember to stay wolfish, my friends. We'll see you on the next one.
Woo! <gasps>